What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the TWC Stay Hated Podcast. On this episode, I am joined by Rob Fiesco of the legendary One King Down, Most Precious Blood, Recon, and now he's in a band called Take Life. Um, this was an awesome episode. He is a very intelligent dude, very well-spoken. Um, I figured he would be because his lyrics have always been fucking great. Um, and now he is, he is powerlifting. He's getting back into powerlifting, um, getting ready for a meet. That's kind of how we cross paths. So I'm, I was super excited to have him on the show. Um, at the end of the show, there's a little sound bite that we're sneaking in there for all of your... Uh, listening pleasure you might want to turn the volume down on that um but yeah really stoked to have him on not sure what episode this is as we haven't been doing them as consistently with guests lately uh, but i hope you guys have been enjoying the new content we've been doing also just want to remind you the patreon page is up and running it's a great way to support the show we've got some new stuff coming out with that with like meals and um you know night crew training footage and all that stuff so make sure you check out that link is in the description um that's all i got for an intro here is the show Episode of the TWC Stay Hated Podcast. On this episode, I am joined by Rob Fiesco, the powerful vocalist of many different bands that you guys have probably heard of. If you haven't heard of, you should go Google search his name, listen to the bands, and then come back here and listen to the show. I'm wicked excited to have him on today. Rob, how are you doing, buddy? Oh, I appreciate you having me on, Anthony. This is a uh... This is like a mind fuck. Like, why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> small world, man. So yeah, like, let me give like some small context to the people listening. So basically, uh, I posted a video from the WPO. I used a most precious blood song. I saw this person on the internet comment and say, that's my band. And I didn't recognize the, the name. And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And then John Rupo texted me and said, Hey, like there's a guy at my gym that was in the band that you posted for WPO. And I'm like, you train a guy from most precious blood. And I'm like, no, you, <laughs> I'm like, no, you don't dude. Like just, you don't, you know? And I'm like, there must be some like weirdo, like confusion or something. He's like, no. And then he sent me like a picture of your face and your profile. And I was like, Nope, that's definitely him. Uh, <laughs> I was like, Holy shit. Cool. So uh small world. I've had a few, you know, we were talking before you started, like had uh-huh. a few, like, crossover moments between like the hardcore community and powerlifting and all that stuff. So it's always rad when, when that sort of thing happens. Um, let's do, let's start with like the easy stuff first. So, sure. uh, how old are you now? And let's start with music. So how old are you now? And when did you start like either making music or how did you find alternative, like hardcore metal music? Like what, what's the beginning? Like what's your origin story? So I am a, I think a master's two lifter now. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> I, no, I am, I am very old. I'm uh 47. Uh, you know, I, I am, I'm surprised I'm not in a walker yet. <laughs> uh, so 47 and I started kind of exploring, uh, music in my mid teens, late teens. Um, the first band I Actually, the first legitimate band I sang for was One King Down, which is uh, just hearing myself say that is kind of mind blowing. It's insane. Yeah. So uh, Billy Brown, original vocalist, and I were very close friends uh, for a long time. We'd always go, you know, we'd skate together. We'd stay over each other's houses. Uh, And he he skipped town, got into some legal trouble, skipped town. And OKD was like, well, shit, we you know, we need to keep playing and Billy's gone, you know? So I was friends with those guys, uh, you know, coming up and, you know, I would every so often do like, you know, spoken word intros and, you know, just kind of 
off the cuff creative bullshit uh, because I was hyperactive and I had I had nothing to do. I had no outlet. So I'm like, yeah, let me intro your band, you know. And people were like, fuck it. And then for some reason, like kids kids got real psyched uh, when I would yell at them before a band. And so I was, uh, one king guy was like, hey, you want to try out? I'm like, okay, fuck it. So, you know, long story short, I got I got brought into the fold. And, you know, the rest is uh, a really, a really long history. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's always like interesting, like the, the bands that blow up and, and even like artistic stuff, like, you know, wh- whomever it may be a creative person um, or an entrepreneur, a lot of the successful ones and the ones that end up having like a really cool legacy or whatever, it starts with like, it never starts with like, yo, we're going to be this big band or yo, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to like never like, right. Like it's like, even like the huge, like the bands that are like outside of the scope of like normal, like hardcore music and metal music. It's like, you know, it, the guys from Slipknot will say, we never wanted to be a huge band. We just wanted to make music and they're sure. like the biggest fucking band. So it's like, it's cool because there's a, there's a aspect of um, authenticity to like just doing something that's creative because you like it um, as opposed to doing it with this like weirdo intention of like the 2005, like scene kid. Mm-hmm. I want to be famous shit. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> it, in, incontrovertibly uh, the people who kind of give the best vibes and who approach their craft, like a legitimate art, like they, they approach it like something they respect. Uh, it's almost a surprise to them. Like, what the hell are we doing here? You know, versus the bro, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get two guitars and a bass. We're going to get a fucking DJ, you know, <laughs> and like, let's get some fucking maniac to hit a 55 gallon drum with a bat. Yeah. This is fucking <laughs> sick. Right. So it, it just, it, it hardly ever works that way. Uh, and if it does that, I don't think that typically lasts long. I have the utmost faith in a person's ability to smell bullshit from a mile away. And, you know, if, if people approach their art from a disingenuous place, you know, people are going to be able to smell you from a mile away, man. And, and people like that typically don't stick around for long. Especially in alternative music, I think, because it is so like, uh, well, you take a band like terror, right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. I'm sure they've had like ebbs and flows in like their popularity. Right. But when it comes down to it, you listen to a terror record from 2020 and you listen to a terror record from fucking 2010. They basically, it's the same sort of music. It's, it might be a little more polished. Uh, it's if they were full of shit, if they weren't genuinely into hardcore, uh, the music would have changed as they became more or less popular. And it seems like in alternative music, a lot of, especially in hardcore and metal, like it's like, this is what we're doing. We're, we're this style band and we're going to fucking make music. And if you like it, cool. If you don't like it, that's also cool. But that's sort of inconsequential to whether or not we're going to continue doing. Correct. It's like a take it or leave it mentality because people who do it for the right reasons don't necessarily care about the opinions of, you know, the masses. Um, (laughs) You know, if you, if you look at it this way uh, and I, I say this all the time, the 10 most dangerous words in English are what will other people say? What will other people think? Oh, uh, fuck yeah, dude. That's you know, so good. like who gives a fuck if you're doing it for the right reasons? Uh, you know, it can be you and your bandmates in a room playing for the sound guy, or <laughs> you could be at an open air festival playing in front of 30,000 people. It is irrelevant. The fact that you're there doing the thing, uh, you know, you're doing it for, you know, the love of doing the thing. You're doing it because you want to do it, not because, oh, if I, you know, if we play this style of music for this many people, we're going to move this many units or get this many clicks and this many plays. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you corporate fuckbag, get away from me. Like, you know. Yeah, you can tell, like, you can pick that shit apart too, and it's really easy. You see that? It's funny, you can kind of like draw like a relation to that with powerlifting and strength sports, because I've seen, I've been doing this for, we're coming up on 10 years now, and it's like one of those things where you you watch people come in and they might have some talent, they might have, um, you know, a good, you know, some sort of, like they could be good, the potential is there. Yes. And all of a sudden they disappear because they realize, like, 
if you fuck it, no one get, dude, nothing changed after the first time I squatted a thousand pounds. Like I still, no one gave a fuck. The same eight people that knew I existed remained, you know what Correct. I mean? And so, Correct. <laughs> so like, it's like my parents knew and like, you know, and even them, like they, they were proud, but they didn't give a fuck really. Like, right. you know, it's like whatever. So they're like, I, just don't hurt yourself, Anthony. Ex- exactly. Yeah. They're like, stay alive, please don't get cut in half. But like, it, it, I feel like it's the same thing with, with hardcore where it's like, or with metal or whatever. It's like, uh, or I guess any art, um, sure. no, like, if you're going to do it, if there's no end game, then you're going to, you're doing it for the right reason. If there's like, a, like if it's a means to an end, like it's like, Oh, I'm going to try out for this band because I'll, yeah. get a lot of publicity. I'll meet all the girls. I'll do all the things. It's like, you might get those things, but if you do obtain those things, then what? Yeah. It's like, like, it's like, it's like a dog chasing a car. Once you catch it, what are you going to do with it? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's totally true. I actually was listening to a podcast. I, I wrote it down. I put in my story the other day too. Um, this dude, Alex, uh, I don't know how to say his last name starts with an H, but he said like the, like the, the, if you're playing the game, like the, the job of the game is for you to keep playing the game. Right. So it's yeah. like your, your goal is not to win music. Your goal is to make music and continue making it or, or whatever. Right. Yeah. 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 If you, well, if the, the infinite always conquers the finite is what he said. And it's which like, is perfectly, uh, yeah, that's accurate. I mean, if you look at, uh, if you look at how things resolve, ultimately, we're all going to end up in the ground, yep. you know, on, on a long enough timeline, <laughs> yes. all survivability drops to zero. Yes. Uh, and so the people who are doing it for the right reasons, they're lifers, man, you know, uh, and then and the same goes for like, you know, uh you know, strength sports, uh, any, any legitimate pursuit. Uh, but then again, who am I to say what's legitimate and what's not? But anyway, uh, Ethan, uh, primitive man uh wrote a song called the lifer he touches on that idea uh it's it's not something we want to do it's something we have to do yeah i you love know? that i love that i said that to a guy the other day that like i couldn't fucking stop like like powerlifting and and like the desire to better myself and having my purpose in there. Like I couldn't stop if I wanted to, of course, <laughs> you know, like it's like, I wouldn't even really know what to do. It is hard to find. That's something I'd love for you to speak on a little bit as you're like, you know, you're a little older than me. You got like, you know, I'm way older than you. I'm way older than everybody. <laughs> so I've got father time is on the podcast. Right Here now. I am. <laughs> well, like my thing is this, right? So like, I, you know, I'm probably, I'm on the back nine of my career as far as like being competitive at, on a world level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, you know, I probably have more time in it than I have left. Uh, and so with something like that, where you're kind of, as Louis says, like hooked to the white whale, it's going to drag you to the bottom where of course. music or whatever, um, as you've gotten older, have you struggled with or how did you deal with having an identity outside of being Rob from one King down Rob from most precious blood? Like, have you had to like, have you done any work, uh, internally to deal with having like an identity outside of that? Or is like, how has that been for you? I haven't given half a shit about it. Honestly. Like, (laughs) I mean, I think, um, I don't really, I don't really think about that too much. I'm not like, you know, my self-concept isn't tethered to any particular pursuit or band or, uh, you know, fill in the blank. I've always just been me, uh, a a guy who does, you know, music or some creative writing or, you know, a video game guy or skateboarding or punk rock, hardcore. It doesn't, it doesn't make a difference or like powerlifting uh, or martial arts or any of the things that I loved. I'm not like, you know, Rob, the Aikido guy or the Kyokushin guy. Uh, I'm just me, you know, and I, I don't make a huge deal about the things that I do. Uh, because again, ultimately like, you know, what do I matter? You know, I, uh, except for the few people who matter to me, Mm -hmm. like, what do I matter? You know, I, I don't ultimately I don't, uh, 
and you see people very often try to make a huge deal out of nothing at all, you know, and they they cling to an identity or to some concept. I think because I mean I don't I don't fault them for for wanting to kind of develop their own brand, their own personality, their own vibe, but like just be who you are uh, is ultimately the the main idea. And I'm trying my best every day to just like stay that you know stay the course uh, in uh, in a way that is genuine and you know respects the craft that I'm practicing. So. That's a really long fucking stupid answer to like, no, uh, I, I don't really, it's a really long fucked up way of saying, no, I don't really wrestle with the idea of like a self-concept or, you know, how other people perceive me or, or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's irrelevant to me. Yeah. I think that that's a really sort of healthy place to, to be. And that's kind of like the whole vibe of like trigger warning and and stay hated and all that stuff like people see the stay hated stuff and they think that it's like a like an angry thing and it's more so like what i've always said is like you know people are going to hate you no matter what you fucking do they'll like there are people who hated mother Teresa. there are people that hate your sweet aunt that you love so much like they're you know so you if they're gonna hate you anyway you might as well just fucking do what you're going to do and, and be what you're about. And it's like, uh, I think it's a hard thing with social media and stuff like that for people to not get wrapped up in what other people think of them, what they're doing, like who, who thinks they're legit, who thinks their squat was high, who thinks their squat was to death, like all that bullshit, right? Like who has the toughest breakdown? Who's the hardest guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like who's the, the hardest, most rugged guy or, yeah, or whatever. It is, <laughs> uh, it is an absolute, it is an absolute yard sale of irrelevant things. Yeah. You know, it, you know, other people's opinion, uh, so, so few and far between that, that, you know, uh, people that you should care about what people think. Uh, and that's, you know, people who are, I mean, I can count on one hand, the people whose opinion I, I care about, you know? Yeah. Um, and even then if they turned around tomorrow and, and we're like, you know what, here's this negative opinion about, you know, some bullshit you did or, you know, the things that you do, I'd be like, I don't give a fuck. It doesn't, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's irrelevant. Okay. So, uh, the the main idea and yes i i understood the whole stay hated ethos from the get-go um i understand that it doesn't have you know you're not being an edge lord no no you're no. no of course of course and i and and i and i get it uh the vibe is you know people are gonna have opinions and who gives a fuck about them? It doesn't matter. Have your opinion. Cool. Go play on the internet. I, I'm going to, you know, you go have fun talking your shit on Instagram or wherever. I'm going to be under the bar, you know, yes. when, when you're, when you're ready to, you know, have a meaningful conversation with me about some actual ideas or you want to work in, let's go. You know where to find me. <laughs> I love that. That's like one of my favorite things to say to like, someone who's got some shit to talk about like lifting or anything like that. It's like, dude, I'm, I'm really easy to find. Yes. And it like incredibly easy to find at like, I train Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 6 PM. I train Sundays at 10 30 AM and you guys know what gym I'm at. So if I can, like, if you want to come and lift weights, like we can do that. And, uh, that shit's always funny. Cause as soon as you give someone the option to follow through on their bullshit, like they're not going to, they're going to, yeah. you know, cower or whatever we've actually, I've actually transitioned to, uh, cause obviously being equipped and, and being a gear and stuff, people always have some shit to say. Of course I've, I've gone into a different realm of, of asking them for advice when they talk shit. And yeah. that usually fucks people up where I'm just like, Hey man, like, I don't know. I have a world record. I think that's pretty good. But like, if you think that you can help me, like I'd love any insight. And as soon as you drop that on somebody, they're like, Oh no, dude, you're, you're a legend. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, the, the soft approach, uh, works often much better than the, uh, infinitely escalating <laughs> Fuck di yeah. the, the dick measuring contest. It's like, Oh, well, you know, congratulations. You drive a big, like knobby tired Tonka truck with a giant American flag and then we get it, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, and no offense to you guys out there who drive big Tonka trucks with an American flag. It's like, you know, I have to, to be nice. I'm sure they're, uh, 
I'm sure their dicks are just fine. I'm sure their dicks are just fine, <laughs> and who and whoever enjoys their delicious penises are fully satisfied and you know, whatever. But I I think that that's that's a, a critical approach. I mean the uh, very subtle de-escalation of that fuck you contest is brilliant. And a couple things uh, come to mind. Uh, number one, uh, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Never uh, seen it, heard great things. So uh, Bill Murray plays this, you know, uh, Jacques Cousteau type. Uh, and I think it was, was it Owen Wilson who played a guy who was like maybe his son, right? And so they're meeting for the first time. And Steve Zissou is this kind of aloof, self-centered, kind of solipsistic type. Uh, and they're at like a film festival and Steve is milling about. And, uh, you know, the other character walks up and says... Uh, Mr. Z, uh, Mr. Zisu, my name is Ned Plimpton, and his response was, "Okay, man," and just walks away. <laughs> right, and yep. so that's that is my default setting for most people and most things. People come at me like you know, w with literally anything you know that's not directly impactful to my life or or relatively inconsequential, and I'm just like, "Okay, man." <laughs> and, I, and I just walk away because uh, what are you going to do? You know, you're going to have this like, you know, fuck you, double fuck you, this this massive con uh, contest. Uh, so apathy is brilliant. Uh, indifference is the difference that makes the difference. Right. Ooh, and it yes, sir. And it pays to be clever. Uh, and it, it, it reminds me of one of my favorite sayings in the world. The strong rule the weak but the clever rule the strong oh that's sick so if you can be both clever and strong bro you're you're in the top one percent you're balling you're, you're balling, balling. <laughs> well you, you can you can more effectively duck the wave and not spend so much energy on other people's insecurity and other people's bullshit because what does that have to do with you you're gonna live your life how you see fit you're going to wake up every day you're going to do what's in accord with your values you're going to you're going to walk into the gym purposefully you're going to leave the gym tired you're going to go you know <laughs> per, you're going to pursue you know the things that you love and what the fuck does it matter what another person thinks of you and and your routine aside from you know your trainers and your well-wishers and people who are your teammates you know sure yeah, no, you're 100% right with all that. I love that outlook and sort of like, I think it's sort of like a, like a slightly more adult uh, way of saying like, I don't give a fuck. Because like the I don't give a fuck thing is like kind of can be turned into this like adolescent, like I don't care about anything thing. And I don't believe that's what you're saying. You're not saying you don't care about anything. Correct. You're saying you you probably, if I had to assume based on like lyrical content and just what sort of dude you, you come off as with everything, like it's like you care deeply about deeply. stuff yes. and the stuff that you don't care about, you do not give a fuck about. And Com like completely correct. And it's not like, you know, uh, I don't give a fuck. Oh yeah. Well, I double don't give a fuck. Uh, it's, like, it's, it, it's like the same vibe. It's like, look, just go argue with someone on public transportation about sports. I don't, you know, whatever. <laughs> fuck um, but you're, you're spot on in that I preserve my capacity. Uh, you know, I care about, uh, very few things, but I care about them deeply. I'm a, I'm a depth guy, not a surface guy. You see, yes. uh, and you know, I'm not great with small talk. And I think that's part and parcel of, you know, that approach to life where, you know, people try to make small talk and it's just, it's just a ringing in my ears. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy then to like go deeply into a topic or to have a meaningful conversation with someone about something. Uh, and so, you know, full circle, full circle back to this, uh, invite on this podcast. I'm like, I'm blown the fuck away that I'm even here. I'm like, how, I'm like, pal, how does this even happen? It's a really small world. And, you know, I was having this conversation with John, uh, at evolve, uh, for, for those of you guys who don't know who are listening, uh, John Rupo, uh, evolve, uh, fitness and training, uh, in Worcester, Massachusetts. Uh, we were having this very conversation, uh, and it seems to be a recurring theme with, you know, with some of the best people, uh, 
so it's it's mind blowing how small this world is and and how it's like the Venn diagram between like you know hardcore and metal and strength athletics and you know fill in the blank it's like very very tight and it's really quite quite cool yeah i think a lot of the like I'm going to pat us both on the back right now. I think what happens is there's us, those circles in the Venn diagram are everything and where they converge, like all the cool people meet. Yep. So it's like, so it's like, yeah, bro. Like the world is really small when it comes to just cool people. And I might meet someone who fits in the middle of that, that Venn diagram that's into paper mache, but they're like the <laughs> most, they're the most passionate paper mache motherfucker. They're, they're, they take thumb wrestling so fucking serious. You know what I mean? And to me, to me, to me, I'm here for it. I don't give a fuck what it is. And I always tell people that shit too, where it's like, dude, if you're about it, yeah. I don't care what it is. Like my man, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm here oh, yeah. for that. Um, dude, I have to tell this story. Like, it's like, I don't even know if you remember playing this show. I like, I just came to my brain and I like have to get it out. So here we go. Let's go. <laughs> so, uh, I think it was like probably 2000, Fuck, man. Probably 2006. Somewhere in the 1800s. Yeah. Um, so Most, Pre Most Precious Blood played the second stage of Metal Fest in Worcester. Mm -hmm. um, and I had never seen you guys before. I was familiar with the music, mm -hmm. um, but I had never seen you before. It's actually the only time I ever got a chance to see you, which is a regret of mine. But uh, so I'm you just know, glad you were there, man. Dude, that was, that was like those old, the old metal and hardcore fests at Worcester were like so fucking sick. I haven't been in years, but, um, I just remember it being like, it's just like all these bands are here. Like it, I just like seeing the list and being like, holy fuck. But, um, yeah, I remember you guys were playing and when we walked, it was mayhem that fucking, I love that room. That room is so sick. I've seen so many cool bands there. I agree. Um, and the way they have it set up is awesome. Cause it's like the bar almost like maintains like the perimeter of the floor. And then like, I don't know, dude, like all, all I can say is if the, if the fucking floor opens up all the way to the back upstairs palladium, like someone's getting murdered and it's like, <laughs> you know, like, it's like, you know, going and see like a, an Acacia strain CD release there. It's like, bring your fucking helmet. So, Oh, it's really funny. Like, uh, you know, actually, uh, it's going to sound like a name drop, but like, I'm, I'm proud to hear you mention it. Like, uh, Vincent and Devin, they're like, you know, uh, they're, they're close friends. Oh no shit. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I've, I've loved the case strain forever. I really dig their new stuff too. I think it's rad. And I think what Vince has done on his social media platforms really cool too, with like how he speak, how he's obviously a smart guy. Mm -hmm. Um, but the way that he speaks in like this, like the music can be really negative, but a lot of times he puts out like these really well thought, like sort of heavy, deep thought posts it's, that I love. I think yeah, it's so cool. that dickhead's dumb as shit. <laughs> i hope he i hope he gets catches wind of this so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll link him you know, <laughs> um but yeah i mean the, those guys speaking of people who who move from a really honest place i think that you know their their writing is is very honest and and real and vincent's uh you know lyrical content though uh, inherently coming from a negative place is also coming from a cathartic one uh yeah puts it on the outside so it doesn't have a place to live on the inside that kind of a vibe uh and you know i i'm a, a huge fan of his ideas uh and oh funny funny enough he's a, he's a huge fan of mine as well because the uh what is it the the song title inverted person mm -hmm. he's like hey can i use that because like, <laughs> that was because that was that was my twitter handle oh no shit yeah 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 that's that's fucking awesome yeah mm -hmm. I, I really really love like hearing like what other vocalists think of other vocalists like and their lyrical content and stuff i think that what vincent does that's really neat is like especially like i love the wormwood record i know a lot of people didn't necessarily love that i love that record yeah uh and the sort of like he has this way of doing the like how now brown cow type stuff with like yeah. the, the but it's not cheesy and it's like almost on the verge of tongue-in-cheek but it's very real and like i really appreciate that but anyway circle back so yes. 2006 whatever upstairs palladium uh it goes bananas and we walk out and uh the person i went to the show with we're outside like i still smoked cigarettes at the time i'm sure cigarettes. and uh she looks at me and she's like what's on your back and i'm like what and i like pull my shirt off. I look, there's just a footprint 
on like the center of my back <laughs> and i'm like that set was fucking sick like i i just feel like because there's like a huge pile up and i just remember like seeing this like wild man on stage with this big ass hair yep. and like dude i just was like blown away by it um and then i kind of like really did more of a dive into um into your music I, I did have a question about your vocal style because it's so unique sure 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 did, did you was that something that came naturally? Did you try to do it? Because even on like, I know we talked about a few weeks ago, I sent you a voice note, like the, the recon record you were on, it seemed like such a, uh, musically, it seemed like kind of like a big step, you know, they were like, it was like very down tuned, big bass drops, all that stuff. Yeah. Mike sat on top of it, like really fucking well. Well, Mike, Mike, uh, wrote recorded and mixed the whole damn thing uh i took care of vocals and lyrics uh but you know mike mulholland who actually now plays in the acacia strain uh okay it's a they're a perfect fit mike is amazing um yeah mike he's he's a tinkerer he rigs he he does (laughs) he does he does really good work uh and i've always been a fan of the stuff that mike writes he's he's a fan of the sag like that like kind of like super heavy yes not not necessarily like to a click track but it's more like you get that that vibe almost like if you listen like i hate god's dope sick Okay. You know, or uh, any kind of like super down tuned, like heavier band that has that kind of, it just makes you feel fucking gross and heavy and stupid. <laughs> uh, so Mike is very good at what he does. And to, to your, to your question, I'm, I'm not sure that my, my vocal style is necessarily intentional. Uh, it's I, I barely know what I'm doing day to day. So I think that that EP, I'm not I'm not totally in love with how my voice sounded there. I think mm-hmm. uh, some of some of the process was a bit rushed for me. But uh, and I think if I had the opportunity to go in and, and kind of redo some stuff, I would uh, both vocally and lyrically. But I, I could say the same thing about a vast majority of my catalog. Uh, the stuff that I've done most recently, it was a studio band uh, that I did with uh, Rafe Holmes of Insurgents, a Texas band. Uh, the band is called Take Life. And uh, Take Life, the band, is the at. Uh, that vocal- Sick fucking art. Let me just do Oh, art. thank you. The art on the front of the record is sick. The music is very sick. It's like, thank you. it's different than, like, it's not cut and paste hardcore or metal. Okay. I yes. really, I really like what you, anyway, keep going. Sorry. Thank you. No, no, no. I appreciate that. It's, uh, I, anytime you want to issue some glowing encomium, I will never. <laughs> You're the I best, bro. Yeah, I will. Hey, you're, you're glowing me up dog. So, so that, uh, and thank you for liking the, uh, the album art. There's a whole series of photographs that I did, you know, several years back. Those are my hands by the way. And no shit. I, yeah. Oh, that's I, so cool. man. Thank you. I did a, I did a whole series. There's a bunch of really cool, uh, cool things. Uh, if you want, you can, uh, I think Mike Wahlberg, um, is, is a, a, an absolute genius with graphic design. Um, Ooh. he's, um, at the cat, the fat kid Ellis, I think, uh, fat kid illustration. He does art direction now for decibel magazine. I'm proud to call him a friend. He, he designed the take life logo and handled all of the, um, all of like the layout stuff for sure. the, the vinyl release on translation loss records. Um, and I was, I couldn't be happier with how that came out. So anyway, the, the rest of the artwork is, is there. Um, so vocally and lyrically that album, uh, you are nowhere is, uh, it's probably some of my most honest stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, and yeah, that was, that was kind of a rough one, uh, emotionally. Do you get, do you get a release? Like I know I've, I've been a part of a couple different records where I've gotten to do like, um, really personal, stuff i did a i did a like a hardcore record years ago called breaking device that was all about like my past drug addiction and stuff like sure. that like sure sure uh did did you feel do you feel because you don't do like even on that like tough ass recon record you don't do like the 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 tough guy hardcore thing like your lyrics are always very um 
they're they're pretty you know what i mean like they're, <laughs> Thanks, the, the way that they're written are it's obviously from someone of like you know good intelligence it's not just like you stab me in the back and i don't like you like it's like very more it's it's more thought out than that um do you get like a uh like a release from from putting that out is it hard for you to be vulnerable on a record and so on and so forth mm, not necessarily because it, it's it's more for me than it okay. is you know uh for listenership uh you know, it's again, it's not something I want to do. It's something I have to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I feel that push, that drive, you know, it's it's got to go. It's it's got to get out there. And I don't really I know that people are going to talk so much shit on it and people are going to have opinions one way or the next. Great. Good for them. You know, uh, it's not for them. You know, if someone yeah. can relate to it in some way and they feel less alone in their despair or they f they find a point of commonality or some inspiration. Awesome. Then I've done my job, but, uh, I, I guess the short answer is, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not necessarily concerned with the vulnerability aspect. I mean, yes, I recognize that it is an extremely personal thing, but I, if I, if I sat and thought about it and, and really cared about, that aspect i would never release anything it would be like no it's too scary it's too personal right what will other, what will other people say what will other people think <laughs> dangerous word you see you see what i'm saying yeah exactly <laughs> and so i think uh to kind of make a, a parallel shift to powerlifting, yeah i think that same vibe this is not something i want to do this is something i have to do and that degree of legitimate emotional vulnerability has to occur. If, if I'm in a set and I, and it scares the fuck out of me and I know I'm going to go deep into the tank, I, I have to be able to go there and not really care what other people are thinking about the work that I'm doing in the moment. And it certainly helps to have people around me my teammates who actually give a shit about my progress and my well-being you know that that certainly helps to have that emotional safety net but you have to go into that place where you're just like fuck it you know people are going to have opinions no matter what and i just got to get this done and come what may and I'll, I'll take this opportunity to to shout out you know the folks uh, at Evolve, you know, John, Stephanie, um, you know, Chuck, Maddie, uh, Cam, every, you know, um, especially uh, Rachel Foster, uh, who is an absolute powerhouse. She is, she's incredible. Um, and, you know, she's another one, you know, don't, <laughs> she's got to not give a fuck what people say, what people think, <laughs> um, or like um, basically like anybody, uh, you know, in, in that environment and can't give a fuck what other people are, are saying or thinking. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It, it, it bears, uh, it, it doesn't bear on your results on your, your work at all. Uh, so these people, you know, Rachel, Chuck, Maddie, uh, John, Stephanie, like having these people around me and, you know, my partner, Jess, who is a, a neophyte power lifter, but, uh, good lord she's she has immense talent so i'm i'm very i'm very excited i'm very excited to see her you know pursuit of this sport having having your people around you makes it a little bit easier you know to to get done what you need to get done yeah. and and it's and it's gonna be emotionally difficult uh and that's that's the nature of the beast that's how it goes uh so basically shout out to the whole evolve team because there's this environment is incredible there's no there's no team like this uh that i've that i've ever seen everyone's really tight uh super positive there's you know there's there's goofing off people people like have fun i was talking to, talking with john about this yesterday uh there's a lot of goofing off but when it comes time to get the work done god fucking damn it the work is getting done well, yeah, you got to be able to flip the switch, man. I see the like, you go to a powerlifting meet, and a lot of times, even like at the level I compete at, you can tell. Like when you walk into Worlds, you can tell. You look around, you can tell the guys who who haven't done one before because they're like, you know, like real, 
serious, angry face type of stuff. And it's like, Hey man, like this is about to be a 10 hour day. Like you you cannot be on that. Like you gotta tell some dick and fart jokes at some point. This is too, it's too fucking long of a day. And a lot of that stems from probably like some insecurity, some ego and and all that stuff. And just takes some time. It's like the same thing as like, (laughs) <laughs> you fucking go to a show and you're waiting to get in and everybody you get to see the people like sizing people up it's like yeah right, get the fuck relax, out of here relax big guy like it's gonna be fine we're all here to see some music and punch each other and like gonna yeah i'm gonna get punched like it's like here. okay okay pump your brakes guitar hero it ain't that yeah. deep <laughs> so yeah. you know you see people you see people at meets and they're just they're mean mugging and they're just they're super hyped up it's like listen man uh, you you raise a good point. It's going to be a really long day, and it's going to be a really short life. Ooh, ooh, love that, dude. That's so <laughs> fucking good. And it's too it's too true, man. You see people burn out. Like um, at, at meets, you see it all the time. Uh, people by the time they get through bench, they're fucking smoked, and it's they're like, well, gassed. Yeah. yeah, it's like yeah, bro. You just been banging your head against the bar for fucking five hours, and now we got we still have another lift left. Well, like, well, know? look, pal. If if you're that into performance art, there's a theater school down the street. <laughs> well, you know? yeah, dude. That's there's uh, you definitely run into that too, and I think in in music you probably see it too, where people are about uh, tend to some people end up being more about the theatrics than the actual thing. Yeah. So it's like, hey, man, like I would rather uh, with powerlifting for me, I want to see someone who's about the lifting of the weights yes. more than anything else because that is like the uh, I got a business partner, and he always says like you can't pretend to be good at this sport like it's yes. this is like one of the few where you can't say well the coach didn't like me the this that thing nope it's nope. like it's pretty fucking like black and white it's cut know? and dry the bar is the bar is the great equalizer it is an absolutely brutal um judge Oh, yeah. of, of your honesty if you're honest with yourself right the bar is a brutal judge of your honesty uh it is the arbiter of your mm, understanding you know it it will let you know in no uncertain terms whether or not you did what you needed to do <laughs> and whether or not you're taking it seriously enough to do you know to do what you claim you want note my note my wording you know what you claim you want. You can't just, you can't negotiate with the bar. No, I love that. That's very true. And there's only like, I've had posts before where it's like the only way to do the thing is to do the thing. Right. Like, and it sounds like so stupid, but it's <laughs> no, just... no, no, no. There's a, there's an arithmetical correspondence X equals X. It's like saying it is what it is. The only yeah. way to do the thing is to do the thing for sure. And so like, I, I love that. Like with, um, you know, like com- competing and, and powerlifting and training and all this stuff, like it's really easy to say you're about it. Like it's, it's cool. Like it's fun to say you're about it and that you, this and that. And the other thing, but when it comes down to it, like, are you like, are you willing to do the things? Um, and also by that same token, the, uh, the fear of competition Mm. and people can come up with all of these different reasons why they're not going to like, Oh, I'm not ready. Oh, I'm not this. I'm not strong enough. I'm not this. And it's like, well, you have to fucking compete first before you can decide whether or not you're strong enough to continue competing. Cause otherwise you have no fucking idea. And, uh, it's like, you, you, you're never going to be like, I said, I've said this to several people and it always kind of like, at first it comes off as very egotistical, but it's, it's just, getting the point across. So it's like, I've said this to people before. I'm like, listen, you haven't done your first meet yet. I'm not strong enough to go. Okay. Look at him and be like, all right, so I'm probably one of the strongest guys that you've interacted with in real life. Yes. Say, okay, what are my numbers? What's my best numbers? And they'll, they have no fucking idea. And I'm like, so if you don't, if I'm the strongest guy that you've interacted with and you don't know my numbers, then why do you think it matters what your numbers are? No one cares. Nobody, Literally nobody no one gives cares. A shit. Exactly. You, you have to do it. And so I was, you know, I've said, you know, you could t- take the next two years of your life, five years of your life, say, fuck everything, be independently wealthy and just only worry about training and dedicate every waking moment to getting as strong as you can. You do your first meet. No one's going to remember what you squatted by the time you're deadlifting. 
Like, <laughs> yeah. it's so, so you're never ready, bro. No, like, of course. It, it's like, it, it, what are you trying to get to your final form before you leave? <laughs> like, that's crazy. So it's like, you know, you look at, and you think Arnold looked like how he did on stage in his last competition or his last, you know, show versus his first show. Of course not, man. Of like, you got to put yourself out there. As I'm sure it's like with music, you'll see the, uh, the whole like, um, <laughs> big things coming type stuff where it's oh, like, Oh yeah, bro, they, you're not ready. They, like, they, don't, they don't have a, which they're like, we're, we're putting out a record. We're still looking for a drummer and a bass player. We did promos. <laughs> like we have a logo. It's like, no, no, do make the music, do the thing first. Like, do, do the thing, you know, <laughs> put, put the work first. Don't put the message first. Don't put the ideas first. You know the, that it's coming. No, yes. do it put it out there and then you'll have something tangible, workable, you know, you'll have something out there. You'll have, um, you know, basically a mile marker, a gauge, like you can, you can stick a pin in the map. If you can see where the pin is in the map and you know where you want to get to on the map, you can plan a route. You can, you can create stages. You can kind of craft, uh, kind of an overreaching strategy intelligently and just get there that way. But you have to start, you have to start somewhere. Um, you know, uh, same thing with chess. Like, you know, I've been a competitive chess player, uh, you know, for a, for, for, a, for a long time. But nowadays, I mean, nowadays I just play, you know, minute games, just bullet games online. But the point is, the idea is self-same. If I waited until I was like, you know, master strength before I sat down to play my first, you know, tournament, it would be an absolute disaster. And I'd be waiting forever. And I, I would have <laughs> no idea if I was actually master strength. Uh, before I sat down, but you know, you start your 1400, your 1450, your 1600. Next thing you know, you're 18, you're 1850, etc. Uh, so the idea is identical, you know, just get in there, put a pin in the map, and then and then plan your course. Well, you have something to gauge it off of. Yeah, that's what I, I generally tell to, to my lifters is like, hey, dude, just like go do a meet. Who gives a fuck? Go set a baseline. So we know, and we know, and then, you know, if you freak out at meets, because some people go to meets and it's so stressful for them. It's like, okay, now we know that we have to work on that. Right. Where's, that. where's the leak in your game? Yeah. And so that's like, it's really fun watching people find their confidence through that. Um, also like as a coach, like watching someone who maybe, you know, had a couple high school kids, this, I have one high school kid in particular, um, that now he actually trains with us. He's an awesome kid. And, um, he found his, you could tell he was like already kind of a confident kid, but he really found his, has found his groove with like having kind of like a sense of purpose and like something to work towards. And like that shit is so fucking rad yes. to see people experience. Um, do you have any plans? I know like you had a Achilles tendon rupture and all this stuff back oh, in the yeah. day and you've had some injuries you're back into training like kind of full time. Do you have uh, any meets picked out for yourself? Are you competing anytime soon? Or are you in like the training mode right now trying to get back to somewhere? Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for that question. And yes, I, I suffered a, a full calcaneal tendon rupture on stage at this is hardcore in front of uh, <laughs> many, many people, 10 minutes into the set, just uh, you know, did you guys stop or did you do it sitting down? I can't, Im- <laughs> fuck, I can't. fuck. No, I didn't stop. <laughs> you fuck, no, I didn't say, dude, I, I, I mean, 10 minutes into the set, it ruptured and I knew that something wasn't right. I was like, oh dear. All right. So there's a a bifurcation of timelines here. I can either stop playing and the set um, and then go off to the hospital or I can finish the set and then go off to the hospital. So either way, the, the end result is going to be the same. I'm fucked, right? So I figured, okay, to hell with that. I'm already suffering, uh, you know, incredibly painful. I was like, I'm already screaming at people. Let's just, you know, let's make lemonade, whatever. Um, but it was actually kind of a cool thing because people knew I was hurt. And so I was able to kind of like limp around the stage and lean on people as as we perform the rest of the, the set. And that was actually kind of meaningful uh, in that, you know, people were there for me, uh, you know, when I was when I was not at my best. And so love that. Dad. Yeah, it was. And I, I brought it up on stage uh, subsequently uh, that it was like it was a really meaningful uh, moment and kind of emblematic of the the spirit of the 
the culture, you know, why, yeah. why, why we do what we do. And again, back to lifting, I find that, you know, we have that same kind of community, that same sense of responsibility to one another uh, when, when we're lifting or, you know, to, to our teammates and uh, to everyone in the, in the gym who is actually trying to to do the thing right if, mm -hmm. if someone if someone's in there and they're just doing like bosu ball backflip you know man makers or whatever <laughs> it's like okay congratulations again the 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 clown college is two states away uh <laughs> but anyway I, i'm i'm getting off topic yeah i think uh there's an apf meet in october in massachusetts um yep. and um, it's being put on by uh, a wonderful guy uh, that I met recently. His name is Bear. Um, I'm probably going to butcher his his last name. Um, no one knows how to say it. We just so, call him Bear. Yeah, yeah Bakshande, I, I guess. But yeah, he, he actually graduated from Bancroft School of Massage Therapy just before I did. Oh, okay. So... Yeah, so we, uh, you know, we have the same alma mater uh, in in manual therapy. So like he's he's very knowledgeable and he's he's strong as shit and he's a super nice guy. He's an absolute sweetheart. Uh, so he's doing an APF meet sometime in October. He hasn't nailed down the date yet, but I told him that uh, that once that happens, you know, my name is on the line. Jess's name is on the line. The whole Evolve team. Uh, if if they're available, their name is on the line. We're going to roll deep and we're going to support each other and it's going to be an incredible comeback. Uh, I know it's it's going to be Jess's first meet. She's really looking forward to it. So we're all programmed and locked in and we're we're training with supreme focus, uh, you know, for this meet in October. And I know it's a long ways away, but. I that's think what it that, takes though that's that's what it takes i'm yeah. i i legitimately enjoy the long game you know uh doing uh, doing some really deep planning and then being able to account for the ebb and flow of you know the body the variables if you're feeling beat down or if you're feeling extra strong you know uh so that's that's the that'll overall be your, that'll be your first meet back in how long oh a number of years uh i was an i was a usapl lifter okay um but I think I would prefer now to explore other options. Yeah, good. Let's let's put it this way. And then, of course, John is like, you know, he's he's going to get me in uh, in gear. So uh, I'm going to yes. learn. I'm going to learn how to lift in gear. It is uh, the way, my yeah, friend. This is the way. It's, it is the way. You will. It, all roads lead. It's like it's <laughs> it, dude. Literally, like it's like the same thing. It's like all right, like eventually yeah like all roads lead to marauder master killer right? oh yeah. <laughs> like like eventually like eventually that's where you're gonna end up you might not find it as a teenager but you'll find it in your 30s and you'll go oh this is it yes um, and same thing as like all roads lead to a fucking bench shirt and a pair of briefs. Like we're all, everybody's headed there because everybody ends up getting old and beat up. And it's like, yep. you know what? my hips hurt, but I still want to squat big weights. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, I, I enjoy raw lifting uh, just as I enjoy, you know, bloodlets entheogen or stark weathers into the wire. But uh, eventually we're going to end up, <laughs> uh, we're, we're going to end up at, uh, you know, master killer by Marauder who uh, Jorge is actually a, a hell of a guy. He's a lot of he's he's really funny and we've been friends for a long long time oh no shit but okay, it was cool. it was a really kind of wild experience speaking of uh when one king down played this is hardcore in 2018 marauder also played and so oh, yeah so we we shared the stage uh again and it was wonderful because while we were playing uh he was out in the crowd going off and you want to talk about the ultimate mind fuck i'm like dude this is wild yeah. i mean of all of the of all of the, like the kind of the moments I've had in my career where I've been, you know, either recognized or have been watched by, you know, other, other bands that I looked up to, uh, or getting to see bands from the stage that I never thought I'd be able to see. Like for instance, like motorhead, I saw motorhead from the stage or the Melvins. Dude, that's uh, wild. It was so fucking sick. I, I, I have years and years worth of stories like that, but it was such a mind fuck to see dude out in front going off for us. I'm like, what the fuck kind of alternate <laughs> yeah. universe is this? And then his, his shorts got ripped. Right. 
And then I saw him backstage and his, his son was there. He's like, dad, your, uh, your, uh, your, your balls are out. <laughs> and so, and so Jorge, he's got this, like this voice. Hey, so here's what happened. I was dancing for one King down. Right. And I looked down and my ball bag was out. <laughs> It, it looked like uh it looked like a cue ball in a tube sock. Dude. I was like, what the fuck kind of what life am I living right now? This is insane. <laughs> so it was that was a, a fantastic experience. But yes, to your point, all roads lead to Master Killer. Uh and and ultimately I'm gonna learn how to lift in gear thanks to John Rupo. Very uh, cool. Who, who is inspiring? That dude is such a powerhouse. He's such a freak. Uh, you know, getting to train with him uh, and and Chuck and then Maddie and, and Cam and all of these really strong dudes, uh, you know, getting to train alongside Rachel. Uh, it, it's such a fucking incredible thing where like uh, this environment at uh, at Evolve is I've, I've never experienced anything like it. Steel sharpens steel. And there's a lot of steel in that room, pal. So people are, are super supportive and the energy is, uh, you know, undeniable. So I, I think the one, the big difference between like <laughs> one of the big differences between hardcore and, and powerlifting is, and <laughs> there's a lot of parallels, but I think one of the big differences is like, there's lots of times where in the powerlifting world, there's like a big, scary guy, like a big, tough looking. Yeah. Like, like a, like a, like a Dave Hoff type or a Dave yes, Bell type looks scary. Looks like they're going to be mean and they're sweet dudes. And like, and when I say that, I mean that in all aspects, they're not going to punch anyone. They're very, they're like actually very, very kind very rarely in the hardcore or in the powerlifting world, do you have a guy that you're like, Oh dude, he's a wicked good guy. As long as you're his friend, otherwise he's very scary. But I feel like <laughs> that in, in the hardcore world, there's like, you know, like I have friends that it's like, dude's a sweet dude. Awesome dude. Because he likes me. Yeah. And otherwise he's horrifying. I feel like in powerlifting, it's more true to form where it's like, I get that a lot. Cause like, I look like a fucking maniac. Like I like, no, nah, you're, you're a big, you're a sugar cookie. Look at you. You're a big <laughs> you, teddy bear. You never, I feel like there's people that look at me and they'd be surprised to know, like I grew up in a really good home. My parents are awesome. My dad was my best man at my wedding. I just mm -hmm. happen to like getting tattooed all over my fucking head, but why I look, not? I look crazy. Uh, but I'm, I'm a sweet dude. And I feel like in powerlifting, that's the way I love that sort of like duality of like this dude could crush you. Uh, but that's like, but he's more worried about like lifting the biggest weight possible. And I think that's something that I was like, I was drawn to in powerlifting because of that duality of like, yeah, dude, like I read, I fucking just finished one of the Harry Potter books. Like I, I, <laughs> like I you know, like I enjoy, uh, shoegaze music, yes. like, but like, I also like squatting, four digit squats yeah. and you know what I mean? of <laughs> like, course so i, really I think it's that. it's wonderful i mean uh, you, you'd look at you know people like you people like me and like uh unless until we open our mouth people will make automatic assumptions they'll make uh, you know presuppositions about our our intellect or our level of kindness or what have of you course. and that's okay that's that's their business but i think um people can be surprised once they you know once they engage and they're you know they're like oh well this guy's not an absolute drooling like neanderthalic you know, maniac. He actually has something substantive, uh, you know, <laughs> between his ears. And, um, but yeah, I think, uh, that's a, that's a solid point. And <laughs> it, it's, it's also relieving too, when you see someone like massive and scary, capable of breathtaking violence, but then they don't. And it's like, Oh, okay. All right, good. I'm, you know, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, well, it's, it's funny. Cause you, uh, just like a quick aside. It's like if people who don't know powerlifting, if they watched, if they only knew powerlifting on the internet, uh, they would think that there were fights at every meet. Yes. And literally very rarely do you ever see any of that. And it's just like funny. Cause it's like a lot of posturing and da 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 all this stuff. But when it comes down to it, dude, like 
99.999% of motherfuckers that lift weights, they just want to lift weights and they just want to like be strong and all of the external stuff doesn't really matter. And what is, yeah, what's more critical I think is that the really good ones, the really good people want other people to be bro as yeah. strong as fuck like you know that's that's the vibe at evolve everyone in that room wants everyone else to achieve their potential that everyone wants everyone else to get to their genetic potential and absolutely crush it and there's you know and safely you know yeah. the, that's the, always the that's always the thing with uh with good gyms, they can create that culture where no one is threatened by someone else getting stronger. All it is, is a, it's a ladder, right? So it's like, if I get you better, then I have to get better. And then if I get better, you have to get better and so on and so Dude, forth. And steel, kind of- steel sharpens steel. And that's how it goes. Like other people's success. This is a huge point. Now, uh, I, I want people to kind of really, uh, grasp this concept and, and adopt it. Other people's success does not equal your failure oh dude yes there's not a finite amount of money or success in this world like Like more you know you can be strong you can have money you can you know you can live a good life You, you other people living a good life doesn't mean you have to live a bad one you know and other people getting strong doesn't mean that they're taking your strength everyone you you can get strong too like jesus christ it's uh it's it's symptomatic of a much deeper problem I think with some people and that, and it's their insecurity, uh, their, their fearfulness, their kind of outcome based thinking instead of process based thinking. Um, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna see any of that from like Hoff or Dan, Bell, no. uh, no. you know, or, you know, like any of the, any of the really good guys, uh, you know, Tate is not gonna, you know, he's not gonna approach like that. If, if anything, he's, you know, these people have, you know, a tendency towards mentorship and a, yeah. a, tre- a tremendous generosity with their very deep understanding of the sport like you know i i just watched the elite fts um you know dave's interview uh with uh with hoff Mm -hmm. and man so much awesome stuff so so many gems and there's so much generosity with with their understanding uh you know and that's that's what i find ultimately most beautiful about this environment uh, about the sport and when the sport kind of generates an environment like evolve where there's just no downside to it everyone's generous with what they know they're compassionate if somebody you know misses or if somebody's having a rough day it's not like uh, you know there's there's no negativity there there's a lot of compassion and there's a lot of understanding because these people know what it takes to get on the platform and get under the bar and do the work. They know how hard it is. People who don't and they kind of speculate, they'll they'll talk the most shit. You know, the, the, <laughs> there's another saying, the emptier the can, the louder it rattles. Oh shit, that's fucking awesome too. You see, you see what I'm saying, pal? So I love, I love that, dude. That's so good. So uh, I'm, yeah. I'm super appreciative of the environment and to be where I'm at. And it's like I just feel super fucking lucky, man. I feel really lucky to be surrounded by so many good people. And it's not even about me. It's about the collective, you know, just to be in this environment and to be in this sport and to be able to talk to you. This is a great honor. This is like, this blows me away, pal. Like, don't, don't get it twisted. I'm feeling super lucky right now. That Bro, are- like, likewise, we were fucking training the other night and fucking, Shark ethic came on, and I was, uh, like, I was like, "My dude, I was like, I, I'm about to have this dude on the podcast later this week." And they're all like, oh, like you know, they kind of knew the story." So then we talked about like, "Oh, it's like you know, it's really cool." Like, uh, obviously, it's like on a totally different level. But one of my training partners was talking about like, um, it was like Jay Z and LeBron, and like LeBron was hyped that Jay Z was a fan of him, and then like you know now he's a fan of Jay and all this stuff, and now they're friends and all this thing, and it's kind of like when. I think it's because like people who are passionate can pick out other people who have that same fire. It's very identifiable. Yes. So when you saw, like, if you watch, cause I went down the rabbit hole on you, buddy. Oh, and, I uh, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, if you watch, you know, a live set from you, that's more recent versus a live set that's 10 years old, the same energy 
is you know your bones might be a little creakier now but <laughs> the same energy is brought forth and that's something that um i really respect and, and and really is something that like to me it's like we all say you know till the wheels fall off and all that shit and uh my, my thing is like you know bury me in my fucking canvas yes. like you know what i mean like that's just that that's how i live it so i can see that in you and i think that it's one of those things where there's like a fraternity yes uh of people who it's like, man, like, uh, my wife and I were talking about it, like people who have never been fully consumed by something cannot understand what it's like. Right. And so there's an inherent understanding of the people who have allowed that to happen and allowed them to be like, fuck it. I'm going to live in a van for the next four months while I tour the country with my fucking band, making no money. Cool. Like, okay, well, fuck it. I'm going to get in my car, drive cross country, live on a couch so I can train at Westside Barbo and have fucking no money. Like, yep. like, and that it's like this, um, sort of visceral thing. You can't really put your finger on it. But when you, you just see know, it, you know, it. yeah, yes. you know it. So uh, as, uh, as, dude, the, as the kids say, uh, real recognize real. Yeah. As Jamie Josta said, real recognize. Oh, real. Let's God damn it. I speak oh motherfucker. Uh, so dude, get, Hey, listen, get, get, the, get the fuck out of here with that dude. I used to, I, <laughs> come on. Not, <laughs> that song's yeah, I, tough as nails, bro. I don't even care. Uh, <laughs> dude, <laughs> Hey, listen, I appreciate you spending so much time, man. I really do. Um, do you want to give out, uh, social media for the bands your personal, all that stuff so people can go check you out? Well, first things first, let's, let's get the evolve team up to your facility and we can do a, we can do a train together and, and anytime. Yeah, we can do a hoist together. And I'm, okay. I'm more than, I'm more than sure that John would welcome you down, uh, to Worcester mass. And yeah, he you talked know. about me doing a, uh, potentially doing a seminar down there. Uh, last we spoke. So I'm, I'm the first on the list, pal. I'm in, let's <laughs> cool. go. Yeah. So and you guys are welcome up here anytime. Thank you, friend. So, um, social media, I guess, uh, if you if you want to reach out, uh, my my at on Instagram is Lumen Ancestry. It's like kind of a stupid fucking made up name. Um, but uh, do you have show notes you can put it in? Yeah, I'll link it. Uh, you'll be tagged in the post, all that stuff. So totally be able to see it. Yep. Totally fine. And then uh, be sure to to link uh, the Evolve, uh, you know, Jim and John and uh, the whole nine yards there because I, yep. I want I want as many good people in the doors there as, as we can get, uh, the place is just packed with awesome people and there's just, just no downside to it. It's, it's so sick. Great. Um, what, so, are the, what are the bands at, what are the band ats like for, uh, for the new project, uh, and all that stuff. So at take life, the band, uh, okay. yeah, give, give that stuff a spin everybody. And I'm, I'm happy to have some feedback. Hell yeah, dude. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, guys, make sure you are following my personal page, Anthony CW one three, um, the trigger warning page, trigger underscore warning, underscore conjugate. Uh, and then the, the, uh, gym page is anchor athletics and H we've got a meet coming up in two weeks. And then, uh, as for trigger warning, there's some new stuff in the works. Um, I can't really get into the details right now, but there's some really cool things that are happening that are going to really push the brand and make me more accessible to all you guys. Uh, and you guys kind of have a direct line to, to me, um, sort of building a community. So make sure you guys check that out. Um, that's all we got for today. Thanks again for listening to the TWC stay hated podcast. And as always stay hated motherfuckers. Stay hated!